0: Hello and welcome back to The First Issue Club, where your weekly comic book podcast that guides you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book industry. We're mostly looking at number ones. That's what we're interested in. Isn't it funny that we chose to name our podcast First Issue Club, and we're kind of a reading club for first issues.
1: And we're going to cover the same thing that our name holds.
0: Exactly. We made a promise to you when you searched randomly comic books into the podcast app.
1: And you wanted first, or maybe you didn't, but now you're here.
0: And we're going to deliver on what your assumption is. Yeah. That's worth at least three stars. You know that first are the best. You should give us five. So (laughs) we're, like we said, basically a reading club for first issues. So um, the books that came out last week, as you're hearing this and as this is released, we're going to have talked about a couple of the key first issues that we thought were the premiere releases for the week and that we're looking forward to discussing and we want you to be part of that conversation with us on our socials and listening to the show et cetera, at et all
1: and we're thankful that you would even listen right we do have a housekeeping item to attend to before we begin the show that's true just a little quick thing yes a very you know nominal not even worth mentioning thing
0: right um so last week you may have listened to our salem comic-con episode um, little touch and go there. Obviously, for a little bit, um, you may have noticed the absence of the Lick tags today. Caitlin and Greg not with us <laughs> for as of this recording, and um, with us in spirit
1: though. <laughs> yes. Would you say? Yeah. Sorry, I can't muster up the fake cry uh, as well.
0: <laughs> fake. No, we're sad to uh, see them uh, missing this episode. Um, I'll say they're in critical care.
1: Yes, there it is.
0: Um, they're going to make it. We hope they make it back. It's touchy. We'll never know um, if they survived the horrors of the Fright Week, of the Halloween special of the Comic-Con. I don't want to freak people out too much by in letting case, you think that <laughs> in case they Craig and Caitlin have been in like a horrific
1: accident. I, yeah, because if they didn't listen to the last episode, they probably at this point think that, that... like, Caitlin and Greg have yeah. died. So this is a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that work. Make-em-ups. We're continuing
0: the strand of make ups that have made this uh, show yeah. so annoying for so many years.
1: <laughs> How it just dips into a complete <laughs> fucking absurdity every Halloween and then comes back like it's just a normal. A complete normalcy. Show. It, for people that don't know this podcast, they that's where we lose all of our fans every year. <laughs> we just have to reset new fans every year. They're like, I was with them until that. <laughs>
0: And I think that we get new fans and listeners every time we do the Halloween episode. Yeah. Because we share it a lot, and then it gets shared a decent amount. We see a spike in listens, and then people come back the next week expecting a full-on improv uh, podcast that's just a little nerd-themed,
1: and it is not that. No. I get a lot of people that are like, oh, um, I've fallen off a little bit. And it was like, you can just tell me you only listen to the Halloween episode. Yeah. like. I'm not going to be offended. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right, so
0: we've got um, a little bit of news to get into before we move on to our comic books this week, which we're really excited to talk about. The One You Feed by comic book superstar Donny Cates is out. He's reuniting with his team from Cosmic Ghostwriter with Dylan
1: Burnett on this issue, um, and it's an independent comic. That's a, It's on Panel Syndicate, which we can't mention enough. Because, right. Because... Um, all of the goodness that it is. Do you want to explain what Panel Syndicate it is? It's essentially an online-only self-published outlet
0: for creators. So when you don't necessarily have the resources to get something printed that's very expensive, um, you can come right to this platform and people can pay what they want for the comic too. So accessibility to new comics and exciting new stories at a low price and all those proceeds go directly into the creator's pockets instead of through, you know, store owners, distributors, publishers, etc. And and the money that the creators get ends up being a small fraction of um, what you paid for the comic.
1: They've never missed. They've never had a bad comic.
0: They've always been pretty good. Yeah, there's a whole back catalog, and so you can read full runs of things on Panel Syndicate for, like, you know, they as much as you want to pay,
1: have all the biggest creators, and I think Brian K. Vaughn is like a I owner know, of it. Is it? Yeah. I mean, what his uh, one of his comics was the original starting of it, so Private they, Eye. Yeah. So um, there we go. I this whole podcast, I'm just gonna say half cent, half statements, and I now want I you to finish. I want them. you to finish them for me, I, which I just did just then. <laughs> that's it's <that's> perfect. It <laughs> seems like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm actually being. That's exactly how my mind my mind works in half. I'll help you get there. Thank you. I wanted you to say sentences. Half sentences. No. Okay. (laughs) I'm going
0: to lead you to water. But you got to teach me to fish. And then (laughs) you'll learn how to fish yourself, I guess. That's how the saying goes. Lead them to water, they'll teach themselves to fish.
1: (laughs) I would love it if that's how the saying goes. All right. The
0: second comic that we're even more excited for is The Last Ronin. It is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic from the original creators Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Um, a whole bunch of news surrounding that and spiraling around the comic book industry this week, but we'll get to that conversation when we move into yeah, we'll talking put, about the Last Ronin. We'll
1: put all of that news in that portion of it, so you got to go there if you want that news.
0: Yep, we'll. You can skip to it if you want. Yeah. Hey, that's the beauty of podcast. Say you're an insane person <laughs> and you're not interested in the
1: one you feed.
0: Skip to the last round. Yeah.
1: Just keep on hitting that, that 30 second button. Get, get right to Ninja Turtles. Until you get there. And uh yeah. Do you do you. It's a choose choose your own adventure at first issue club. The digital world is your oyster. hmm. Uh what what news do we have today? Mike D. Oh, I'm Budget King, by the way. Hey, and I'm Mike D. <laughs> So, a little bit of speculation directly from First Issue Club related to DC, related to Death Metal, Dark Nights, um, you'll only hear here. <laughs> and if it, in here, I'm going to, this is a disclaimer. If it's true, you heard it here first. If it's not true and it doesn't pan out, just erase this from your memory. Here's the problem with
0: us breaking news, Budget King, is that... We record this book yes, on Wednesday, that the day that uh, you know, New God came out. Right. But we're releasing this episode a week from now, so everyone's had the chance to read it. But this and read the, along with it. But us. this is a
1: different this is a different scenario
0: scenario. So no one within the week will have come to the same conclusion
1: as us. No, it would have already we would have already seen the articles. There's no way. <laughs> okay. We're the only people here that are going to <laughs> speculate this. Okay, sure. This doesn't exist anywhere else. Right. This is hot. In the new book, New God. Rise of the New God. There we go. Rise of the New God. There's a new character introduced. Yes. Called? Can't remember. The
0: Chronicler. The Chronicler. God, that sounds like a 1920s <laughs> bad villain. Yes. I'm the Chronicler. I'm the Chronicler. Forfeit your wares to me.
1: <laughs> um, this character looks exactly like another Marvel character. It looks, when
0: I turned the page and this character was revealed, I was like, oh my God, Cosmic
1: Ghostwriter. It is Cosmic Ghostwriter in the flesh. (laughs) And here is where we get a little bit off the deep end. Uh, Okay. This comic is written by James James Tinian, Tinian, the fourth, who is best friends with Donnie Cates. Is that true? They have to know each other, at least. Oh, they definitely know each other. They like each other. I would assume. They both are good at writing comic books and revered. Mm-hmm. I would say he, James Tinian, is the Donny Cates of the DC Universe. That's a great comp. I love it. And Both of these guys kind of had their come up around the same time. Yes. Yeah. They probably have the same amount of independent books. Right. Amount, like, all that kind of stuff, right? Great comp. Okay. There's going to be a huge comic book called Crossover on Image that ties in. Some people are speculating most of the Image books that Donny Cates has been involved in, right? Yes. What
0: if... I think there's also further speculation surrounding this, too, because there have been characters in previews for Crossover that look just like Shazam.
1: Yes. Other characters that exist Or what's his name? It, it was Shazam, I think.
0: But, but the character's name is Mr. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. But, right. his, but his name's actually Captain Marvel. Yeah. Sorry. I'll edit that in.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Greg will. Um, okay. Sorry. There oh, was yeah. the speculation that it was Captain Marvel. Then they had to change the color of him. Right. So Donnie Cates created Cosmic Ghost Rider kind mm-hmm. of famously. Yep. Now Cosmic Ghost Rider has seemingly entered the DC universe. Right. In preparation for crossover so that the DC universe can also be tied into. Yes, here's the thing.
0: This this guy who looks exactly like a cosmic ghostwriter that we're talking about doesn't talk like him at all. Doesn't exactly look exactly like him. He's got like reptile hands and feet, mm-hmm. and his little head dome. And is, he's not is, is his face. It's not like it there's not a skull funny. encased in his face. No, and he's not like a goofball. Yeah, but and is he a different universe version of the cosmic ghostwriter? That's what I'm saying. He seems like, being if... called the Chronicler, he seems like a Watcher, a Watu type. Yes. That is taking stuff in. He's spacey. He's very spacey. We, we knew Cosmic Ghost Rider is kind of like a character that could transcend time and space and kind of retconned a couple things within the Marvel Universe. So that that is pretty similar to this character as well. So at a minimum... His style seems to be inspired by Cosmic Ghost Rider, at a bare minimum.
1: And if it happens that they fit it in a crossover and it matters, you heard it here first. Oh, okay, yeah, that was the main point. Yes, yeah, the, the main you, point. You want credit for it. The hot tip was here, and if it's a nothing burger, then just forget it like you forget everything else we say. You hear that news of rama <laughs> and comic book reference
0: and all you fucking websites writing about comics? You better put via... First issue club in your articles. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, please. Uh, I
1: just punched my mic. I was so <laughs> so mad, mad about it. Uh, and then we got one more like piece of news, which is a topic kind of yeah. event covers. Love them or hate them, they're in a drain on they're a drain on your wallet. Let's clarify though. You're not saying like event like um, ten of swords or death metal covers. You're no, saying no, 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 no. When a cover has a thematic cover yep that's not referential to anything storyline and usually outside of the universe
0: a lot of times outside of the universe sometimes within or a spin on something
1: yeah sorry and it
0: gets done across most the majority of the books that come out on the publisher so they
1: had like a big symbiote cover run going on for marvel where every character got like what would they look like if they were venom right right sort of thing
0: uh, Miles Morales video game covers are coming. There's Fortnite covers right now with Marvel. Marvel does this a lot. It seems to happen more often with them. DC did like vintage movie poster covers, which were really rad. But they do less less often. Do they do thematic things right. across the entire brand that are more cheeky?
1: The Fortnite one is interesting because one they've they've been going both ways. Mm-hmm. So Fortnite has entered the Marvel universe a little bit. Yep. And then I think Fortnite although I don't play, has had mods. They've introduced some Marvel characters, right? Yeah, like into there. There's like an event going on in both. Donny
0: Cates actually wrote a story that made that Marvel canon. Okay. Like
1: how the Marvel characters. I'm sure he loved doing that. (laughs) Swapped places. I can't can't write to write a video game for (laughs) 14-year-olds into my comic (laughs) book right now. It was more
0: clever than I uh, expected. I expected it to be a real throwaway thing, and uh, he did... For for what he was asked to do, he did an amazing job at it, in my opinion. So
1: kudos to, to him. Yeah. Go event covers. Good job. Good job, marketing guy. Yep. Good good job, marketing guy that thought Fortnite should be intermixed with Marvel because maybe we'll get a new demo. So smart. It was. It was really smart. I think.
0: Yeah. Greg would be arguing that. That's why I'm, I regret that we don't have him here. He would be
1: arguing against that. He would say it's yep. dumb. Yeah. Uh I get the point of why it's dumb, but I think from a marketing standpoint. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. We would have to... I wanted to see the data on do 14-year-olds actually buy floppy comics. Like is that actually a demo that Marvel needed?
0: Mm-hmm. When I see people who don't go into comic shops often tiptoe in um it seems like young people are excited by that stuff. He, okay. But they're not getting in very often. So you he, know what I mean? When you get yeah. in, like walk-in traffic like, that's when people are like, oh, there's a
1: thing. So, I mean, to, I'll tell you this. If my boss, if I'm marketing guy at Marvel, and my boss says, get fucking young people to buy floppy monthly comics, and I don't care how you do it, the number one idea I would have is Fortnite. And then maybe <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> that was news. We did a lot of news there. That was fun. What do you think? I would love to get into the episode. We should probably... This podcast started! That's a thing we say.
0: First up on the show today, we are talking the one you feed, as we mentioned, out on Panel Syndicate by the reunited team of Donny Cates and Dylan Burnett of Cosmic Ghost Rider and Thanos fame.
1: Whoa, we mentioned Cosmic Ghost Rider in the news, and look, here it is. Here we go. Pretty cool. Cohesivity. Are we part of the crossover event? Are we in the crossover? Is there going to be, I know there's a comic book creator is there going to be a comic book podcast in crossover the event? What if you read a
0: comic book that said Budget King, and they had written us into it, but we were like I- wiping our butts with our hands and smelling our our asses?
1: I'll tell you what I would do. I would go straight to my boss. Yeah. Give him double middle fingers and say I quit, because <laughs> I've just made it, buddy. Something's working. Yeah. Something's working in it, ain't you? It's me. See ya. Yeah. I'm on the golden road to fame. I am so excited (laughs) to talk about the one you feed. I know. You said I couldn't. You put me on a a moratorium. What's that called? A ban. I couldn't talk to you about this book before now. I didn't want anything said because I felt like we would
0: probably have the same take. And I wanted to feel good about that when we saw each other's faces. Okay. That's great. Do you I have, do I have, you have of... like, the take in your head that you know we're going to say?
1: I think not, actually. Okay. so well,
0: I... I'm even more excited because I get to have a fun take. Okay. Uh, go I'm going to give everyone the synopsis of this book first, Great. though, go which yeah, is essentially it. that the last remains of a civilization have been forced to build, like, a massive wall and a source of sunlight in this, like, small pod city. And the point of that is that humanity has begun to turn into monsters when there's a lack of sunlight. Yes. So, like, basically, like, everyone is some form of werewolf, right? Correct. Now, Budget King, we covered a book on our Patreon last (laughs) week called Werewolf by Night. Did we not? Yes. Werewolf by Night tried leaning into a parable about a wolf that <laughs> that you can feed oh that is nice god, and I... a wolf that you can feed that is mean and it speaks to who you are as a person that we both have a good side and a bad side oh my but god you, but you ultimately feed one of those sides of your personality right and that's what this parable means yes Werewolf by Night, this Marvel homage comic written by Taboo of Black Eyed Peas fame, (laughs) did a terrible job dropping this. If you want to listen to that, it's actually on our Patreon. It's on our Patreon. This Native American, I'm assuming, originated parable story um, into the comic. It just seems like plopped in and irrelevant to the story and where it's going. Whereas this book is directly titled The One You Feed and is... Intrinsically tied into the
1: same folk to- tale. Okay, I didn't have the same take you did. It's brilliant. I love it. This seems like to me, Donnie Cates,
0: massive writer at Marvel Comics, had a pitch for The One You Feed, or for Werewolf by Night, sorry, and maybe didn't get it or was unsatisfied with the direction of werewolf by night and decided to write like a version of it that was 40 times better and just gave it to panel syndicate what are the i mean they're releasing days apart from each other you're
1: absolutely right days apart from each other and another marvel artist is on it so it's almost like he could have just taken the artwork i mean it's monsters by night they turn into werewolves and monsters at night yes and it's the same parable like what what are the even chances? The, the artwork mostly looks like werewolves. The crazy thing about this too, I hate a little parable fable in a comic that's like supposed to be heady and philosophical. Uh-huh. It was brilliant. It, it was like yeah. so baked in in a just a really nice way that I was even thinking like, I might tell that parable to somebody else someday. <laughs> I might actually repeat this <laughs> so I yeah, I loved
0: how quick the story like moved through exposition. So kind of the synopsis that we gave happened over the course of maybe three pages, right? Yes, yeah. Where where we're just showing, like, leap forwards in time. Like, day one, we started to turn into fucking monsters everywhere. Day, you know, oh, like year one, a year later, what civilization had looked like. Ten years later, and then 150 years later, this last holdout of humanity and this synthetic sun had been developed so that people can have normal working society and not just build their house and then burn it back down that <laughs> night when they turn into monsters
1: one of the other things that's subtle that you is that this book is actually written in a voice to a person who lives in the city right so like it's it's written as if you already know about the city and as if you are like him like you're like alone and kind of a outcasty person
0: so i love the point of view of the narration um, it gives us this like really thoughtful opportunity to have a young interesting character Um, you would think normally having such a young lead they wouldn't be able to speak to the history of where they've come from but Mm. this particular character is next in line for the monarchy of Bubble World which kind of makes sense that there would be some sort of like in this post apocalyptic scenario, we might revert to like a monarchy. Sorry, our English listeners, to say that that's like outdated, but <laughs>
1: oh, the British listeners, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good thing their monarchy doesn't have actually any political role in their society, yeah, more of just for fun, no. yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the coolest things about this comic book, which is just an obvious thing to say, is that the giant, enormous sword. That the person wields, yeah, uh, is is just iconic and 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 uh, defining to the comic. Yeah. That this kid gets sent out of the bubble, has to make it a night alone, and gets a sword that is twice the size of his whole body. Yeah, like the fact height. that
0: he can lift it seems very like Final Fantasy, right? Like the physics of it don't seem to make
1: sense that this kid can carry the sword around. It almost looks like a sword so big that. Null might be wielding it it did kind of look like the Null sword so i agree another donny kate's creation is it gonna cross over i hope so that would be awesome this could he could put this in there sure. in his in his crossover yeah. um thing so anyway donny Cates likes big swords there's also one in <laughs> god country
0: he really does
1: he likes enormous giant yeah. swords yeah he
0: totally does that's really funny yeah i never noticed that but it's, you're 100 percent right it's cool though doesn't
1: big, big Sword? Silver Surfer and Silver Surfer Black makes like the same sword that Noel has. I think. Yeah. 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 So that's right. Yeah. Right. So it's the big sword. Big old sword. It is Final Fantasy is a good reference to what it is. Right. Yeah. Um. So in any case,
0: aren't the the narrative arc, I guess, starts because as a tradition, they're ready to pass like the monarchy down to the next generation, but the future king has to step outside beyond the walls of the safe haven and prove himself by battling his demons and um, becoming the animal within. But he doesn't change. Yes. When he goes out into the world and like waits for like the sun to go down. He's just like a kid surrounded by monsters. Um, Now, I'm assuming that means that he's pure of heart maybe is kind of what we're learning, especially the way the parable ties in.
1: You have to assume that. If they change it, they will have thwarted readers' expectations. Right. I think everybody reading this thinks, pure of heart, dude. So perhaps on the outside world,
0: um, we are turning into the monsters that we really are on the inside.
1: I don't don't know if it's like... You think it's going to come around to a metaphor?
0: I think it might be that um, if you're the person that's on Reddit trolling someone and just spewing negativity constantly that maybe you turn into... A little bitch. A frog
1: with fangs at night. Okay. here's This is is one interesting take about Panel Syndicate that I will kind of throw out there. Everything I've read on Panel Syndicate so far Uh felt like, whoa, I don't even know... If this would go in traditional comic books, it kind of has to live here and just find its legs, right? Yeah. This felt like almost the most traditional comic I've read in Panel Syndicate. Not in a bad way.
0: Well, I totally agree, too, because one of the interesting things that happens a lot when you've got creators writing stuff on Panel Syndicate is they're not bound to
1: printed form anymore. No.
0: So... They could do interesting things with like page structure and the size and width and length of pages. A, a lot
1: of them were doing them in HD horizontal. Yes.: yeah, so 1080 by like 1920. A, yeah, exactly right.
0: Yeah. Um, and this book was more typical page structures, or right. at least the version that you know we downloaded when we purchased.
1: This. Probably because he had it pre-written for Marvel already. <laughs> And just pushed it over the here. The evidence is this adding up. Two, We we have two hot takes about Donnie. Two conspiracy theories. Two conspiracy theories in this episode. <laughs> about Donnie Gates. We could go
0: more. Donnie Gates conspiracy episode. We got ourselves a title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, what a
1: tasty title. When you read this, your just lips are going to be like, Ooh, <laughs> salivating. Um, uh, buy this book. Pay it, Pay whatever you want. Enjoy it. There's been
0: several panel syndicate books where like, I appreciate what they're doing so much, but the weird collector in
1: me is like, I wish I owned this. Well, you could for Private Eye. I guarantee Friday's going to come out in some way. Some like collected trade. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I mean, is my Private Eye hard copy worth anything? No. But it's certainly like fun to read. Or a book you have too, it's just like fun to say.
0: I love I'm a big fan of this and now I have a physical copy. It's like the reason I'll... I'm not Let me be clear again, because I don't want people coming after me. There's a lot of people who buy vinyl because they love a band so much they want something to, like, physically hold on to. Yes. What I didn't want to happen was people to say, you buy vinyl, you listen to it, dipshit. I get it. It's a way to listen to music. That's fine. People can also just buy it
1: to put on their wall, too. You and I, I think, are the same in this, that we're big music heads. Yeah. But, like... The convenience of our lives right now doesn't facilitate us playing all the vinyl we own. No, and I still occasionally buy vinyl, and I'm like, it's a, uh, I'm gonna toss twenty bucks to this band I really mm-hmm. fucking like. Yep. Especially if it's a heavier album, I'm not putting it on my main speakers. Like, it just I'm not, I'm not gonna subject my three-year-old and my <laughs> and my wife to uh, Norwegian black metal. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: And it translates so well to vinyl, that analog hum of
1: Norwegian metal. Oh yeah, I just love the curvature of the sound waves.
0: Next up on our reading club today, we've got The Last Ronin out on IDW from the original creative team that brought us Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles way, way back when. Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Poor, poor Peter Laird. Nobody knows you, Peter. Nobody knows you, Peter. They all know your friend, Kevin. Kevin Eastman. Yes. Glory be, creator <laughs> of, the, of the turtles.
1: So uh, this there's a lot to cover on just the news of Last Ronin. So we're, let's spend some time doing that before we get into the book. Yes. Yeah. I knew going into my comic shop
0: this week that this book was going to be near impossible to find. I can't even remember if I pulled it or not, but IDW took Final Order cutoffs, having already known they had a cap or a limit on what they were going to print. Right, So they couldn't even send comic shops the amount of comics that they ordered, which makes it really tough when you've got people pulling comics. Like that I, as a person who ordered this and planned ahead, come in, and it's like, well, 15 of you ordered it or 30 of you ordered it, and they sent me five. Like, what do you do there?
1: Um, My comic shop? Was selling these for fifty bucks a pop. All of them for fifty, which is what they're going for eBay. So that's not a slam on on our comic book shop. It's
0: and it's kind of been like really up and down in waves too. Like I've seen some A covers go for twenty and others for fifty and like back down again. It's
1: it's been all over the place. On, on Tuesday night, you could have ordered it on eBay for twenty bucks, and overnight right. it like shot up. So here's that's what happens on a Wednesday too. That yeah. people start
0: to realize. If you're not reading ahead, comic book news that like all of a sudden you go to your comic
1: shop and everyone's talking about this thing, and now it's out of control. Right. So a handful of things. IDW was having a little bit of a lull in their in their Turtles run, mm-hmm. and so they've been hyping the ever loving fuck out of this. Right. To like, and it's it, it essentially what the synopsis is is it's the old Manaverse of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which they should not they should drop teenage then. It should just be the Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: <laughs> well, I actually loved that. In the book, they said, oh, it's a mutant turtle. Right. They like, didn't say Teenage. They, no, no one ever said Teenage. The book is called The Last Ronin, so there's no TMNT. Yeah. Um. So they did a good job continuity-wise, of I guess. Oh, wiping it, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and the big thing that they're doing is – Getting you to care of who is the one turtle that is the last ronin. Right. That's the big news
0: everywhere. It was kind of a driving thing throughout the book. Did, did we mention that there is what the crux of the story is, is that there's a last surviving
1: No, we didn't turtle. say that yet. Yeah. yeah, We said it's the old maniverse of, of Ninja Turtles. There's one turtle surviving, and that turtle is going to go um, extract revenge on a descendant of Shredder. Yes, who is now the, like,
0: head of the Foot Clan, which is the leader of this weird fantasy earth. Future world. In the future. Yeah. It did this very... This is such a common thing in fantasy novels, is a very, like, literal upper class and lower class. Yeah. You see this all the time where there's this whole society and, like, an underworld, and, like down in the sewers or sub levels in the old subway tunnels. And then there's this beautiful new modern Tokyo looking city. It's like hunger games. That's yeah. it's a it. Yeah. Hunger games. Um, what's the red planet book that we, Oh yeah. 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 Uh, loved. Yeah. I, I don't know if they ever made those into movies or not, but they got a whole other series of books. So there's
1: like a three more after the ones we oh, read. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: They're I've read maybe 10 things that had um, the elitist city that literally sits on top
1: of the it's <laughs> lower definitely, class It's definitely city. a science fiction future thing to yes. do. It's just to, still, like, imagine the world with actual classes like that. Right. That is, that is amazing. Um, other news around this book, there were, like, 90 covers. Yes. And you... You were telling me that you can only really get them as incentive covers, so all of them are very expensive to get. Yes and no.
0: Um this is one of those things where they made retailer incentives, which means you've spent so much on your order that we're going to commission an artist to do a cover just for your store. So like now the dilution of how many have been created And how niche that is. So, like, the Peach Momoko cover only went to one store? I don't know if that one was a retailer incentive or not. Okay. So, there's retailer. That might have been a normal variant. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, but the retailer incentive thing is the reason why there's, like,
1: 70 covers. Okay. There's a lot of them. (laughs) And they're hard to get you're going to you can get the second printing of this they're going to way overprint so you can if you want to read it it releases in december or something yeah, yeah you can pre-order it you can do that you likely didn't read this comic to be honest if yep. you re- if you're listening to this com- this podcast unless you overpaid for it can i tell you something really stupid about the second printing
0: for this so they rushed the second print okay because they knew they fucked up the order on this one well the second print's final order cut off was this past Monday. Yes, I knew that. So if you went to your comic shop today, didn't get the book and then said, "Order me the second printing." They say, "Oh, too bad, we can't order anymore." <laughs> Which, I'm sure comic shops have just speculatively ordered a bunch because they
1: know people are going to want yeah, the yeah. second print. But you could still go to the uh, the Midtowns or the Yes, the exactly other, right. all those digital ones and get get your second yep, one, right? You right? Pre-order those now if you want them. But well, like they'll,
0: they'll be available in abundance.
1: IDW has to hate this fuck up because this is benefiting directly the secondary market cuz they only make a finite amount of money on the low print run. Totally. It doesn't matter how much buzz it's creating, they're not making $50 I a ge- pop. I guess that like they're hoping that the second the second printings just sell a fuck ton. Right. So,
0: this is I it makes me wonder how much Batman damned sold after the first issue. Like that was a thing where they were like, "Oh, they're scrubbing Yeah. the batman's dick from the continuity of this thing so it's only going to exist in this one comic right did people buy batman damn 2 <laughs> just just to read
1: yeah that's a good point i don't, I don't actually know. know what the
0: numbers are on that that's a great point. i bet they dropped considerably in they the had first one sold out like gangbusters yeah and stores probably overordered the second one
1: because of the hotness of the first one so this is a one in five there's no way that this has any continuity back with the main Turtles line because it's so far in the future. Right. Like, I guess they could do a vision quest or something and, like, realize some stuff. My but assumption it's... is is that it's canon, though. Yeah, it, that's a good point. It Especially will... since it's the original creative team. Yeah. There will be new villains you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Looks like Casey Jones's daughter. I loved that right away.
0: Did you immediately know when they introduced her that you were like, that's April and Casey's daughter.
1: Yes. Yeah. It looked like it. I mean yeah it was kind of like yeah and she's wearing they call it later like hey Jones. Right. He like good just, reference. Just
0: by coincidence
1: the last Ronin
0: um steals her motorcycle.
1: Yeah. So uh April's in this as super old I guess. Yep. That's or a
0: big reveal at the end of either the either that or
1: has a cut up face.
0: <laughs> One of the <laughs> he's seen some shit. Yeah. Um I don't think in the current run She's got her face messed up yet. I don't think so. So maybe that's something we see in the future. Did you have a... Were you having, like, a moment when you were going through the book and, like, trying to weed out what character is the last Ronin could be because... Yes. Because because you, you were like, well, in this run, like, Leonardo becomes, like, half robot. So if we're, like, if we're making that continuity, then this last Ronin isn't
1: Oh yeah. that Drunken character. Urban Legends. Like, Urban Legends, yeah. yeah.
0: But I think Urban Legends is Elseworld
1: TMNT. The One of the things was like... okay, Leonardo so, seems too obvious, so I was like, it's probably not him. Right. So one of the things was that um, the turtle that is the last Ronin can talk to the other turtles in their mind. And yes. so the voices that they're hearing, you're ruling out. One... I felt like was very obviously Donatello. Like he was like saying science-y shit. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of like suggested hacking the mainframe of sorts. Right? Yeah. Right. And then one was like very much an asshole. Mm-hmm. I felt like. Raphael. And so that was Raphael, which was the big speculation was that the last Ronin was Raphael. Yeah. Um, and so like, if you're ruling it out that way, also the um, turtle carries all the weapons of the, of the turtles, which is kind of cool. So you can't, deduce it that way. There were so many cool moments too, like when he was
0: taking out the like shards of the leftover weapons one by one. The first one he takes out, you're like, oh shit, it is Raphael. And then he takes out the next one and you're like, wait. There were so many cool moments like that, I thought. It where they like continually teased it and it just pushed the motion of the comic like
1: so much forward. Uh, Honestly This was a great comic. Yeah. Like, for as much hype as it is, I think it lived up to the hype. Well, we should note, too, that it's a, it was like a
0: 40-page or 50-page. It's Fat Boy, yeah. uh, Like, $9 dollars cover price comic. So, it's bigger than usual, and Mm -hmm. it benefited from that. I'll also say it wasn't dragged down by, like, tons of dialogue. It was, like, a, a little sparse the conversational aspect of it with the tons deceased of,
1: turtles was really cool. Tons of action, yeah, a in a, in a really cool way. It felt like the turtles you want, and the fact that like at one point the last Ronin says like I'm a ninja in a very like cheesy way. Yeah, um, it worked because it was like it was a ref- it's a reference to like why ev- everybody that likes Ninja Turtles now. Huh. Likes them because they liked him as a kid, and they liked the ninja-ness of them, (laughs) right? Well, and I think another thing that they layered into that
0: you're like, oh, whoa, like, there were so many of these moments. Um, When he goes into that upper level of society, the lower level, you just realize it's become one big sewer, basically, right? So that was kind of cool to say, like, Earth has become a sewer, (laughs) <laughs> and there's the upper class are above it and he's like transcending that
1: last almighty sewer great. Yeah. No, it was wonderful. Okay, so one interesting thing about this that I kind of love is um okay, so there is I'm not I don't know the name of it right now off the top of my head, but there's a t- separate world of um D and D that's like science fiction mutant world. Yep. Um that something it's called something world like that might even be called mutant world there was a derivative of it that was called like burger world or something like that Mm -hmm. that kevin eastman did all of the artwork for oh really and it was all like mutant animals and stuff like that well at the same time in the 80s Uh um turtles took off and kevin eastman like had to go sign some exclusive yeah but he was like you can have the fucking artwork anyway And, like, just gave it to them. I don't even know if he's credited for it. Weird. Um, And then, like, did all of that. And, like, that since had gone nowhere, that D&D book and, like, whole thing, it's just kind of lost in the lure. The artwork is phenomenal. I just, like, I love to look at back at like kevin eastman thing so that's is how it, i know about this is it a huge collector's item thing it's now? not it's not even like known that well because huh. i think he just did like some of the first things and then the another artist took it further so it's not yeah. even clear which ones he did got it but it's cool because this is like that world like in some ways where it's like because he was never writing the turtles is like a future wasteland mutant world, uh-huh. but this is now that world. Yeah, you're where right. It's like you know, <laughs> in in that which is kind of cool. Yeah, so, um, it it's it's a fun book. It was a great, really cool book.
0: Yes, I there was a couple things that um, I wasn't sure about or left questions. One of which um, came at a point in the story where our grandson of Shredder, who is leading. <clears throat> who is leading the Foot Clan now, is giving this corny villain monologue. And I was like, oh, that's like weird writing to give him like a corny villain monologue. And then you find out that he's talking to his mother that's like in stasis in a tube. And I was like, oh, that even makes this corny monologue like now make sense. Right. That he would be like... Explaining and verbalizing his plot because he's talking to someone important to him, even like since they're in the room, but they're not quite there. It just made this storytelling device that is typically wonky make sense. Right. And so I just I love, love, loved that. And it, it was an interesting question that they left on the table, like, what's the story with his mom, um, Shredder's son? Or whatever, I'm assuming, married this woman or something. It,
1: I whatever station
0: it. she's in is great because she looks like she's 25. <laughs> 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 I'm sure she comes back in some form in the subsequent issues, and I don't know if she's going to be a friend or foe. But like, do you know? It if seems all like of, all the Ninja Turtles are... need a babe or something. That's a good. It's like kind of like an ongoing thing. That there's always some like babe character. Do you know if? They're all gonna be forty pages long, or I would assume so. Okay, they're kind of like a it's large, be a massive um, magazine like size, trade. prestige format. Yeah. yeah,
1: they'll be really cool collected all together. So read this; it's great. Yeah, uh, it's it's fun, and uh, I guess read it if you can. We also had to buy it digitally, mm-hmm. so there's nine bucks wasted. We had funny. We're not gonna spoil it, right? Oh, I guess we should be not. So let's just say this. It does tell you who the last Ronin is. Yes, um, we're going to spoil that now. No, I don't. I'm not going to do it. You're Not going to. But here's why: we always spoil. We always spoil. Yeah. Because we're a reading club, and we say that right before we spoil, we say we're a reading club. This is the one exception where you might not actually have this book. Yeah. Because it was like hard, so, so hard to find. Yeah, so hard to find, and you might be listening to this a week beforehand. Yeah. You could go on any page. Uh, and it'll tell you who the last ronin is. It tells you on the last page which turtle it is. Yep. Can we talk about at least the funny thing that we had without saying what turtle it was? I think we can, yeah. Okay.
0: Here was the scenario. Um, Imagine Budget King was talking in his sleep. That's kind of like what was happening. Okay. And you wake up, and I say, who were you just talking to? Jeffrey? <laughs> or do I say... Who are you just talking to, Jeffrey? Right. And you could read They're this. They're both a question. They both like, the even in comic books writing sometimes, like it's hard to tell what's a comma and what's a period even. So if we ended the statement sentence, I would either, I'm either led to believe that you are Jeffrey or you were just talking to Jeffrey.
1: Yes. And I'm guessing that you were talking to Jeffrey. We both read it. As that we he we he was, he was talking to Jeffrey. Yes, and we that were both like, "Oh, so we've ruled Jeffrey out. We've ruled one character out. That yes. it's not Jeffrey." And then it turns out it's Jeffrey. It is, yeah. <laughs> so we have to have this podcast to actually un- for us to just understand. The yes, comics. totally. That's the point of Ugh. this podcast. Yeah. Anyway. Of long story, long story long, is that I looked it up and still didn't understand who it was when I read this sentence. Oh, the article must have gotten it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so I read the whole comic book thinking the way we thought it, and then we yeah, figured you it out. We thought it was Jeffrey the whole time, and yeah. we're like,
0: "Oh, it's not Jeffrey." Oh, wait, it actually
1: is Oh, it Jeffrey. actually is Jeffrey. Any, all of that to say that this comic book is fun not knowing. You told me that, yeah. and I agree with you. Yeah. I think that a lot of the crux of this writing of this comic book, it gets, it's, it's better to read it and not know who the last ronin is. Right. So w- you probably don't have this comic book. We're not going to ruin it for I you. I think it's
0: going to get spoiled for a lot of people just in the void. Yes. The space
1: that people are going to have to wait to get their hands on a copy Anyway, Last Ronin lived up to the hype, I would have to say. Agree, 100%. The very least out of 10 this would get is an 8.8 in my book. Man, I was thinking 8.8. There you go. Wow. Great minds think alike. We don't normally give ratings to comics, so that's kind of cool that we thought it. Mm Yeah. 88 out Out of 100. Yeah, that's a solid B+. B+. And we said at least. At the very least, yeah. You, that's like the low end. That's the bell curve. Yeah. So. A book. <laughs> I'm going to upgrade it to just an A. You're going to give it a solid A. It's a good comic. You're going to give it a 92 Long, at least. Long, beautiful, um, well-written. Loved it. Loved it, yeah. Art was amazing. Yep. Can't say enough about this. Nope. It was great. Read it if you can eventually. Uh, I hope it's crossed over. Me too. I hope Donnie Cates crass crosses over Last Ronin. Do you think that that's why he's hyping up Crossover so much? Is he's actually going to cross over like everything? I think so. Like Spawn is going to be in there. I think and a ton like, of shit's going to be in it, yeah. Like just an insane amount And people are going to be like, oh my god. They're going to be like slamming their heads against the pavement. I wish I didn't know anything about it. Because I feel like it's going to have a couple blow your mind moments. I love that. It's crazy how much hype there is behind it. And all it's, I've ever seen is people were like, "Oh, Baby Teeth's probably going to be in it in God Country."
0: Yeah. It's the most pre-ordered comic that Images had since was it
1: Danger Girl or yeah. something
0: which was like what 1999?
1: Yeah, it's exactly what it was. Yeah. So, good memory. We looked lot that up copy. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um Good job, Donnie. You're living wherever you are. You're doing good stuff. I hope you have a big ass house. I know you have a a nice life, and I love it. I love Mm -hmm. you for it. Got cool hair. Sometimes it's pink. Yes. Bye.